0: tuned in to the greatest fantasy football podcast of all time. My name is Ja.
1: Hey, it's Dugo over here. What's going on,
0: folks? This is Fantasy Football with Gumbo. Uh, We are here with another episode for your head tops. Uh, We have now entered, you know, the 2023 offseason. Shit's going crazy. Uh, We have free agency news all over the board today, uh, with it being the first day of free agency. Uh, Me and Dugo promised that we would go ahead and uh, talk about some of these wide receivers and quarterbacks uh, coming into the league as far as rookies and as far as how they can impact your fantasy teams. Okay, let's go. Uh, So today, me and Dugo want to go ahead and discuss those quarterbacks and wide receivers that we did not get a chance to cover maybe as much uh, last week, and uh, we want to fill you guys with some new information, Uh, our personal opinions on a lot of these guys. And uh, we want to lead you guys to another championship, another trophy under your belts.
1: Yeah, kind of like how we did the deep dive on the running backs and tight ends this week. Like Joss said, we're going to be focusing in on those. Uh, possible, you know, dynasty leading quarterbacks, wide receivers, especially the sleeper wide receivers that, you know, me and Joss are coming across here because there's a lot of talk about how this class doesn't necessarily have the athletes that the previous years have, but... They was Hayden. Yo, if you just look in them, into it a little bit there might not be the uh you know like the quality like the top tier quality
0: mm-hmm. but
1: there's a lot of guys in this class that I think you know rival what last year's class might be it might not be as deep overall but nonetheless I think that there are definitely some good wide receivers in this class so I guess starting out do you want to start with the quarterbacks first? Well they
0: getting the quarterbacks so I feel like there's not as many prospects as you got in the wide receiver class uh, so let's go ahead and knock out these quarterbacks and let's talk about, I guess, you know, some of these guys like CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson. Uh, Dugo, I might have asked you this in a previous episode, but oh. who is your current QB1 in this class? Just wondering. Yeah,
1: man, I think I got to stick with CJ Stroud, man. I mean, CJ Stroud definitely gives me. Uh, all the warm, fuzzy feelies that you want to have when it comes to, you know, having a dynasty quarterback on your hands.
0: Great size, great arm, great passer. Uh, I guess, what is it about Bryce Young that uh, makes it to where you don't have him as your one? Is it just the size? And
1: It's a lot of the size issues, I mean, just because, I mean, when it translates to the NFL, I mean, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 5'11", like 200 pounds, and I mean, a lot of the people that were at the combine who are like the experts, they're saying that he looked a little heavier than he usually played, so mm-hmm. he's probably going to be like 190 when he gets back to like his, you know, like NFL shape or, you know, his shape.
0: They're basically just implying that he put on weight for the combine.
1: Exactly. So like, that doesn't uh, seem great to me. He also didn't throw at the mm-hmm. combine, which I mean, that's whatever we've seen him win a Heisman and all this stuff. So, you know, props to him for doing all that stuff, but. The fact that CJ Stroud, I mean, he was a finalist for the Heisman two years in a row, and he still went out there and threw it. He put on an absolute clinic. See? And I think that because of that, that's why his stock is flowing up because, I mean, he went out there and he showed that he wasn't afraid to go throw the ball because that's what he's going to be doing for the next 18, 20 years.
0: Audience, me and Dugo typically don't agree on a lot. You don't say. Uh, you know that if you've listened to some previous episodes of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. But on, or I guess in terms of these quarterbacks coming into the draft class, uh, C.J. Stroud is also my QB one for fantasy and in real life. He has the size, he has the weight, he has the ability to, you know, uh, throw the ball, whether it be deep, intermediate, or short. He just kind of seems like the most bulletproof uh, prospect. We know that Bryce Young is another guy who some people call it the Steph Curry of this draft class, potentially the Steph Curry of the NFL I think that when you're just talking about what's guaranteed, C.J. Stroud feels guaranteed. When you talk about upside, guys like Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson might have that upside. Between Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson, who would you place at QB two?
1: Well, I mean, it depends on which upside you're looking for. I think at the end of the day, I would probably, in my humble opinion... I'm probably going Anthony Richardson. I mean, it's a size thing again when it comes to that, and also just the freakish ability to run a 4 4 at that size. I mean, if he falls into the right offense, I mean, there's no limit to what he could do. Like, when he said that he thought he was a mix between, I think he said Michael Vick and uh, Cam Newton, there's obviously shades of both ends of that.
0: Imagine a 6 4 athlete that weighs 232 pounds who can run a 4 4. And he's the guy who touches the ball every play. Yeah. That's Anthony Richardson.
1: So, I mean, just with all that said, like, and plus, like, when he was throwing at the combine, he was honestly, he looked pretty good. Like, he didn't look as good as Stroud, if I'm going to be completely honest. There was some of his stuff that, I mean, if you're listening to Daniel Jeremiah during that, he was t- talking about his footwork wasn't as pristine. Uh, he was talking about some of those weren't as great. But his deep balls were good. He knew how to throw the ball down there. Uh, you know, some of the times he might have screwed up by throwing a little too high, they're saying. But nonetheless, I think that this guy has all the capabilities to be, you know, a dynasty quarterback going forward. And I think best case scenario, like if people are saying that he might fall to like uh, the Seahawks, possibly if he sits for like a year behind Geno. Yep. I think that that would be possibly best case scenario because I think there is stuff that Anthony Richardson does need to work on. But I think that his upside, it rivals what I think C.J. Stroud could be. And I think C.J. Stroud could be a multiple MVP winner, Super Bowl quarterback, all this like all that stuff. I, that's yeah. how highly regard I'm holding C.J. Stroud wherever he goes.
0: Mm-hmm. See, and here's my thing, is I'm going to disagree with you there, and I'm going to put Bryce Young as my QB, too. Simply because I know that he's probably going to get that draft capital, in which he's going to get opportunity after opportunity to succeed, even if it doesn't work with the first team per se. Yeah, you're,
1: you're totally not wrong with that. Like I I, but, I, I think that when you look at the the prospect for what it is right now, I think that Bryce Young should be my two.
0: He's, but yeah. when I'm
1: looking at down the future, what I think could happen, mm-hmm. I, I just think you know when we're looking at a quarterback that is six foot, just just under two hundred pounds. I mean, it just sounds like, especially if you go to a place like the Texans, for example, where they don't have the best offensive line, that could just lead to a mess. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen what happened in Miami with Tua, and he's, I mean, kind of the same size. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I just don't want to see history repeat itself.
0: Yeah. Like, and here's the thing. Like, you would assume that somebody like Bryce Young would be a halfway decent rusher. Right? Like, you no, know, he is. And
1: that's the thing. He is a decent rusher. He's good with his pocket presence. Yeah. Like, he has all the tools that he could possibly survive, but it's just the sheer fact that so if you're doing that for 50 times a game, you're going to get hit. You're going to get hit a couple times.
0: I like Anthony Richardson, but I'm going to put Bryce Young as my QB2. Potentially, damn near, he probably should be my QB1 if we're talking about just fantasy, only because he has more rushing upside than CJ Stroud does. You know? I mean,
1: I I, I I, don't know if I can say he has more rushing upside because I think that C.J. Stroud also has the presence and the ability to run. I mean, C.J. Stroud no schlub. Like, he didn't run a 40 or anything, but I think if he were to go run it, he'd probably be around that 4'6".
0: Mm-hmm. See, and when I look at Bryce Young, obviously he was projected to be the number one pick for a while, and we'll get off a quarterback soon, guys. But when I look at Bryce Young, it just seems as if he's the better quarterback at this moment in time compared to Anthony Richardson, who's the better sure. athlete. Yeah. So I think that Bryce Young is going to be able to fill that role and be a starter somewhere for the next few years. Mm-hmm. And if that is the case, and if he is a halfway r- decent rusher, and he goes somewhere that has a couple weapons in store, even if he ends up in a Houston Texans uniform, he still has Brandon Cooks as of right now. He still has John Mechie coming back. Uh, next year, he still has Nico Collins, who's a developing uh, wide receiver.
1: They agreed to terms with, rog- or with Robert, Robert Woods, Woods as well.
0: They can also draft another guy in the second, third, fourth round. This isn't a top-heavy draft class with wide receivers, but there's a lot of death in there, and you have the potential to hit on somebody who could be serviceable. Mm-hmm. I like Anthony Richardson as my QB three, and uh, Will Levis, who's you know number four. I don't think go really fuck with Will like that.
1: No, yeah, so for me, my top four right now would probably be, it would definitely be CJ Stroud. It would be a toss-up between AR-15 Bryce Young, and then Will Levis. I mean, I just, a lot of people like to say that you have to give him his props because he almost has, like, that Josh Allen comp, but I, I don't really see much of that at all. I mean, when you look at him, he's coming out of school about three years later than what Josh Allen did. Josh Allen right now is like 26 years old. This guy's 23. So all those mistakes that Josh Allen made in his first couple years to make sure that he understood what he was doing, I think that's what really helped him. And the fact that, I mean, he's playing in the SEC, which is, you know, good defenses. Like, you got to give the SEC props, but, I mean, it's not NFL. Mm -hmm. I mean, so the fact that he was a second-year graduate transfer... And Kentucky. I mean, it just it doesn't make me feel any better about his situation.
0: Yeah, he lacks that athleticism at the first... Well,
1: he doesn't necessarily lack the athleticism. I mean, when we're watching tape, you can see that he has the ability to kind of rush the ball. He can break some tackles, run through some guys, it seems like. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's just the fact that he's going to be going into the draft probably around, like, 24 years old. Or at least, like, he'll be at least starting, like, his first NFL season around 24, which, yeah. I mean, to me... I I don't know, like, if I'm a fantasy player, when you think about how many contracts that he would be able to fulfill, and if you have to think about how talented is he actually, Hmm. to me, it just, it's almost a Mm no-go. I don't know, like, I'd give him possibly, like, a a toss-up for him and, like, you know, maybe, like, the end of the third, start of the fourth round in, like, a rookie draft. Yeah. I don't hold Will Levis to a high regard at all.
0: Yeah, he's probably bottom of the ranks for me in terms of uh, the top four of this quarterback class. Does he go in the top ten? Yeah, definitely, he's, has potential. Uh, but is he someone that I'm looking to draft and maybe in superflex? I'm taking him around the one six, one seven, just because he's a quarterback that might get to start somewhere for a well, few years,
1: bro. So like, this is the thing with the NFL is like everyone's so quarterback, like they're so. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, like, they're so reliant on the quarterback and they want to make, like, everyone wants to be the person who gets on the quarterback who makes this guy who is basically nothing or, like, he comes from a fucking college like Kentucky Mm -hmm. and they want to be the person who's, like, I drafted this guy and I took a chance on him. Like, they want to be able to, like... Because the quarterback is such a prevalent position, they want to be able to, like, be able to throw their balls on the table and say, hey, bitch, I took a chance on this guy.
0: They all want to be Brandon Bean and draft their Josh Allen.
1: They do. And so I just feel like that's what people are doing. And they've been doing this since the start of the time. I mean, we saw the same shit with Pax and Lynch. And, I mean, you don't not all these guys hit hardly any of these motherfuckers hit mm-hmm. and i just think that will love is, i mean out of these three he has the most likely in my opinion to absolutely flop
0: yeah and they like even guys like ozzy Newsom, uh with the ravens he was a part of drafting lamar uh, right. you know at the end of the first round and look at what lamar is he's an mvp quarterback yeah when you do that as a gm that's how you solidify a job for the rest of your life so I, I I commend them on taking the risk or taking the taking the shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to those quarterbacks, once again, just to reiterate, I got C.J. Stroud as my one. I think so does do Oh, I thought
1: you were taking Bryce one as no,
0: one. No, no. I'm sticking with C.J. Stroud as my QB one. No, I got you're, Bryce you're Young. You're
1: flip-flopping on
0: that. Nope, nope. I got Bryce Young as my QB two. Anthony Richardson as my QB three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Will Levis as my QB four for fantasy. Uh, what about you?
1: Yeah, I guess just to close this out, I have C.J. Stroud as my one. I would say it's a toss-up between AR-15 and Bryce Young for the two spot. And then Will Levis, I mean, is my four just because of the draft capital he's going to be getting. So he's going to have an opportunity to start.
0: Okay. And you know what? While we're on the topic of quarterbacks... Uh, today is the first day of free agency. We are recording this on March 13th. Uh, some big moves that happened in terms of... So it's of,
1: technically tampering. Technically, it's tampering. the free
0: agency tampering period. And you can sign those contracts and put you it can't, on...
1: You can't sign it until Wednesday.
0: Until Wednesday. You can put it on Wax Wednesday. Yeah. But when we talk about guys who have you know, preemptively agreed to contracts as of Monday, uh, you have someone like a Jimmy G who has now signed with the Raiders on a three-year deal. Uh, Jimmy G is now going to be replacing Derek Carr as the quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Some of the fantasy-relevant players on the Raiders are guys like Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Josh Jacobs. Uh, Dugo, let me ask you first, what do you think of the Jimmy G signing, and how does it affect a guy like Devontae Adams?
1: Yeah, honestly, I mean, I knew he was going to be in the race for that, but I didn't think it was going to happen this soon, and I Honestly, I I assume that the Raiders were going to go all in and possibly trade up to get one of the top quarterbacks. So, to me, this is kind of surprising. Uh, It seems like it's honestly more of like a lateral move. I don't see much more upside from uh, Derek Carr to Jimmy G. Um, Maybe he reduces the amount of mistakes, so that could possibly be something. But, I mean, just like off of the first rip, uh if you guys were paying attention to Devonte adams instagram story didn't seem like he was too happy from i mean what i took from what those reaction was uh so i don't know man i don't think that people are going to possibly be there i think that Devonte adams might request a trade i don't think that this is the guy that they wanted to get mm-hmm. um so man i think that that's kind of a toilet fire right now is Devonte
0: adams even going to be a raider next year
1: yeah, I so I'm a little confused right now with that whole team and its chemistry. Um, we don't like to see that that happen the first day. So, I mean, it is obviously yeah, the first and day and it's only tampering, so it might not even go through. But the fact that your star wide receiver doesn't love his new quarterback, that's not a great look.
0: So, for reference in uh, regards to what we're talking about, Devontae Adams, uh, after the signing of Jimmy Garoppolo... And after, you know, the reported signings of Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, Devontae went on his uh, Instagram and he posted one of those uh, black background white text pictures. You know, where it's dark, you go in there, you type something. And uh, he was hot, he was mad. He said, if we haven't talked in the last three weeks, don't hit me about this shit. <laughs> Thanks.
1: Well, so, uh, so let's, That's some pull-
0: disrespectful shit to say.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's pull the curtain back a little bit because... Those allegations about Rogers going to
0: the Jets—that is, it's not true. Those are allegations as of uh as of uh, March 13th at around 7 p.m. Central Time. Yeah,
1: nothing been qualified on that yet, so let's not let's not be doing that yet.
0: Yeah, but my man was hot. He went to Instagram about it, and anytime you go to Instagram about it and you're willing to be public, I don't know how that's going to sit with the organization and the incoming quarterback. Facts. Uh, so that's probably him shaking the tree, trying to get his way out. We'll see if it happens. Uh, But assuming that Devontae does stay in Las Vegas and Jimmy G, obviously, you know, fulfills that contract, do you have Devontae Adams as a top-10 receiver next year?
1: I don't know. I mean, like, it's kind of tough to say just because, I mean, when has uh, Jimmy G ever been able to solidify a wide receiver to be top-10? All of his offenses have seemed to be pretty run-heavy. Debo Samuel. Was he a top-10, though?
0: Yeah, bro, Debo two years ago. Debo two years ago finished the season as the cute as the wide receiver three.
1: Wow, well, but he had that was, rushing upside, yeah. which
0: isn't like most receivers.
1: So I mean, that's where that's what I was getting at was that was very much run like in, run heavy.
0: In twenty twenty one, he scored eight rushing touchdowns and had three hundred and sixty five rushing yards, which most receivers don't have access yeah, to. Yeah,
1: that's an extra. 11. But
0: but as a receiver, he did have over fourteen hundred yards.
1: Okay, that's interesting. So, I mean, possibly, man. I, I I guess so. I guess you can't count him out. I mean, it is Devontae Adams. And, mm-hmm. and if it's quarterback with an arm that can at least throw the ball, you know, I think Devontae Adams would ride with it. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a little pissed. Like I said, we don't know if we're gonna, if he's going to be on the team, depending on what his attitude is. But.
0: If there's anyone I love this for is Hunter Renfro. Oh, yeah. Someone who plays close to the line of scrimmage. He's going to get those intermediate passes uh i think that this is gonna be a great boost to his value and when it comes to josh jacobs he stays approximately where he is just because he had such a crazy year last year guys i mean my man ended the year as one of the best running backs in fantasy that was a one year sample size out of potentially maybe four to five and i got josh jacobs probably around like rb 10-ish uh going into next year but i think that this doesn't really do much of anything to his value And then outside of Jimmy Garoppolo, we also had Derek go to the Saints, who's going to affect incoming, uh, you know, incoming superstars like Chris Olave.
1: You know, simply put, a good trade is a good trade is a good trade.
0: Dugo, Chris Olave had a pretty great year last year. I mean, he's a guy that we've been talking about since last season. We both are pretty high on coming into the draft. Do you think that Chris Olave can survive? Uh, going through a QB transition and going from Andy Dalton to Derek Carr.
1: Oh, so, yeah. I mean, I think, honestly, I think this is an upgrade for him. Like, I think that Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I mean, I've been high on this guy since he came out of Fresno State. Okay. Um, I think that he has all the ability to – I think he just needs a change of scenery. I do, too. And I, I think that you. he has all the ability to be a top 12 quarterback going forward mm-hmm. I mean when you give him the weapons like Michael Thomas if he can stay healthy mm-hmm. and if you give him a guy like Chris Olave and Juwan Johnson mm-hmm. and I mean uh, you know like the, those are decent targets and I mean you can always go get guys and what? What? who's your guy who you really like the fast Rashid Shaheed Shahid? Yeah I mean like when you give them guys like that like it's starting to look like a decent core it's starting to look like some guys you can build around
0: I love Rashid Shahid for the Saints, y'all. He's a wide receiver. He kind of came onto the scene last year. I believe he was also a rookie. Uh, but he one was. thing one thing about Mickey Loomis and the Saints is that they draft really well. And they typically are pretty good about drafting offensive talent. You have Michael Thomas on the roster under contract. Bro hasn't really played all that much in the last three seasons, so you don't know what you're getting out of that. But when you're talking about a new incoming you know, crop of wide receivers— Chris Olave is a great one, and Rashid Shahid, somebody who's going kind of undervalued, could make a really great three, or, you know, a pretty good two. And so Rashid Shahid is somebody that I'm trading for, because you saw what Derek Carr was able to do with Matt Collins this year, who played somewhat of a similar role. You saw what he was able to do, you know, just throughout his career with guys like Amari Cooper and also his wide receiver twos. Wide receiver twos for the Raiders were relatively... Efficient for fantasy purposes over the last five or six years. Yeah. Like, you can go down the line, Michael Crabtree, all those guys, like, they all were fairly efficient with Derek Carr under under center.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, regardless of the regime that uh, Derek Carr had with him, I mean, he always threw the ball around like 35, 40 times a game. Like, you yeah. know, he's going to get his throws out.
0: Like, he may not win you those big games, but Bro's going to toss the ball around and he'll complete 60, 65% of his passes. So, if you have a receiver there, you know, it's slight work, it's easy work, and he has the potential to make an impact. Uh, but we want to go ahead and talk about receivers. Uh, we are now 20 minutes in, Dugo. I want to go ahead and kick it off uh, with receivers. We're talking about who we both have as our wide receiver one, and then we can move on from there.
1: All right, sounds good. So, I mean, my wide receiver one, it hasn't changed from last week when you asked me this. I got JSN all the way. How about you, man? Who do you have as your one? Is this still JSN, or?
0: My brain tells me that it should be JSN. Okay. But my heart tells me Jordan Addison.
1: Interesting. Can you tell me why?
0: So, my brain tells me JSN because of how he performed at the Combine. Okay. Uh, JSN, you know, went into the Combine and did basically everything but the 40. Uh, But he tested out pretty well. He tested in at six foot. 196 pounds. Uh, JSN had a vertical, I believe, of around uh, 35 inches. And when he came in after doing the measurements, his BMI was around 26.6, which is that number that you kind of want to see your receivers around in terms of BMI.
1: What is BMI exactly? So now?
0: BMI is Body Mass Index. BMI is essentially just a measurement that is compiled of your weight and your height. So, it's one of the measurements I guess that's become like a lot more popular in the fantasy football community as of like the last few years. uh, We've kind of seen that typically the elite receivers will measure somewhere around 26 to 27 in terms of body mass index. But after testing all those things, JSN came in and he was somebody who was really impressive in terms of just pure metrics. I went out and I did a, uh, I guess I did like a wide receiver metric table. It is compiled of height, weight, a receiver's 40-time if they ran it. We incorporated pass-catching percentages in terms of how often they caught the ball when targeted. We added in vertical measurements, and then we compiled their BMIs as well. And we compiled a formula to kind of rank, I guess, where all those things uh, would stand in comparison to the class. You what? Jason came in top five, but not one or two or three. My list is compiled of Rasheed Rice, Cedric Tillman, Xavier Hutchinson, Quentin Johnston, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Jackson Smith and Jigba came in fifth. He had pretty decent measurements, but he's a guy who played for a big-name organization. He has shown the ability to be fairly consistent when he's on the field, but his primary concern is injury. Are you concerned about the injury aspects for JSN going into the NFL?
1: No, not really. I think that this year was uh, more of like a lapse year, I feel like, for JSN. I felt like he kind of proved what he needed to his sophomore year when, uh, you know, he was obviously out on the field with Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. But I felt like he really proved what he needed to that year. He probably could get, went out in the draft. Mm-hmm. And then he had just that lingering angle issue, which, I mean, if you're a wide receiver with that high of value and you're thinking – I mean, like, I could play on this, but, like, I could also re-aggravate it and then it's just more of an issue going into the combine and stuff. I felt like it was kind of a safe issue, or I think it was kind of a safe thing for him to just be able to go out there and just do his thing and be able to just show that, hey, that year when I was a beast, I'm that guy. And I think that when we talk about what he would have ran as a 40, I think that his play speed is so much faster than what he would have ran at just a straight speed. I mean his agility drills were out of this world when it comes to the rest of the people in his class. I think that he definitely did prove that he should be the one. I mean, when you ask when what else can you really ask for a guy, like I said, who's gonna be mainly a slot guy but also plays at a faster speed when he is out on the field? I mean other than that, like who would you say is after your one? Who who's like your top five that you'd say right now? Do you have any, like, dark horses or anything like that?
0: So, the combine was really interesting because a lot of guys tested extremely well. Uh, I compiled, like, a metric table that, you know, composed of a bunch of different measurements uh, from the combine. And guys like Rasheed Rice and Cedric Tillman were in my top five.
1: Oh, dude, I really like those guys. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can like about them. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, just the size itself, I mean, they truly look like NFL wide receivers. Yeah. I feel like they are gonna be people that are gonna be, you know, like the possession receivers probably from this class. I mean, but I think that I mean, when you look at Cedric Hillman, I mean that guy damn near looks like he could be like a DK Metcalf. He's um, huge. He he is really big and I mean he didn't run the fastest, he ran a four or five, but I mean, he's still like that guy. He's six three, he's huge. Mm -hmm. He can run any route that you want in the route tree. I I think that that guy's going to be a steal for a team.
0: So Cedric Tillman weighed in at 6'3", 213, and he had a 37-inch vertical, which ranks amongst one of the best in the the wide receiver class. Uh, So when you talk about BMI, not that you guys probably give a fuck about it, but it's really good for Cedric Tillman. And I have him, Rasheed Rice, Xavier Hutchinson, Quentin Johnston, and JSN as some of my top guys in terms of just combine metrics. But when I look at JSN, he's solid. He's my wide receiver, too. I'm still sticking by my guns, and I'm putting Jordan Addison as my wide receiver one, no matter the combine performance. If you watch the combine, he measured in at 5'11", 173, Jordan Addison. He ran almost a 4.5 with a 4.49. And his vertical is only 34 inches, uh, which ranked you know more so in the middle of the class. Look, his metrics and numbers didn't come in as expected, but those have been his metrics and numbers for the majority of the past three years in college. This guy's a Bolitnikoff winner. He won the award in the NCAA as the best wide receiver in the nation while he was in Pittsburgh. He's a guy who has been extremely productive. And when I'm looking at these guys who have been extremely productive, these combine measurements don't really mean all that much to me because these guys have been this fast or this slow. These guys have been this short or this thin uh, for the majority of the past few years, and they still put up numbers. So at that point, like, I don't know. What boost do you give them for just heart? I love Jordan Addison as a prospect. He reminds me of a Calvin Ridley type. He damn near reminds me of Garrett Wilson from last year, just in terms of size and kind of being somewhat undersized, but still having the ability to outperform, you know, what you would expect from him. And I got Jordan Addison as my one. Uh, I'm looking at my board and I have JSN as my two. Quentin Johnson is a really interesting prospect. He's been climbing up my charts, uh, but I'm going to put Zay Flowers as my three. Zay Flowers is another guy who is undersized, but in the last three years, we've seen a trend in the NFL of these incoming receivers coming in undersized and still performing. Look at Devontae Smith. Look at Brandon Ayuk. Look at Garrett Wilson. Look at Chris Olave. These guys aren't your prototypical 6'3", 215 receivers, but they're still doing their job. Dugo, if I'm being honest, I got Zay Flowers as my three I guess Quentin Johnston would be my four and I got Xavier Hutchinson as my five. somebody that I think is really gonna impress.
1: Yo, know, I honestly, in my opinion, I have flowers falling down my list farther and further as it goes.
0: Is it because of the combine?
1: It, it's some somewhat of the combine. I mean just some of his measurements. I mean you put measurements at a high regard and I think one of the biggest things for wide receivers, I mean granted, he can get separation just on his, his on his own because of his legs and his skills. But I think that overall, I mean, he had some of the shortest arms that were ever measured at the NFL combat for a wide receiver. And that alone just gives me some sort of uneasy feeling just because, I mean, when you're working in the slot and when you're working against these DBs that are a lot bigger than you typically when you're, what, like 5'10"? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just going to be one of those things to where I feel like it's going to be a, a disadvantage to take a risk on a guy who's already playing in these short, compact positions to say, hey, you're going to also lose an extra five inches on your arms compared to this other guy that we could get. Yeah. So I just feel like there's some sort of room for error when it comes to Zay Flowers. Um, I don't think I have him in my top five as of right now.
0: Who's your top five after JSN, I guess?
1: So after JSN, my number two is Quentin Johnston. I just think that the prototypical size just takes him over the top for me. Uh, Jalen Hyatt is my number three. He was the Blennikoff winner from this year. Jordan Anderson right now is my four. I mean, I just, I like his production. He also, like Jahia said, won the Blennikoff. I think if he just gets into the right position, I think that he could get back to his ways like he was at Pitt. I think that going to UC kind of hurt his stack. I think that it wasn't necessarily the right fit. And plus, it was already a loaded wide receiver room there. And then number five, I have right now, Josh Downs. He's a slot receiver from uh, University of North Carolina. Uh, I just think that he's going to be one of those guys that we're going to be talking about for the next eight years.
0: Can we talk about Kayshawn Booty?
1: Bro, I we I mean, definitely can, but I just don't really think there's much to talk about and if there is, it's not anything really positive to say.
0: Is he a top five receiver from this draft class, in your no, opinion?
1: No. And I, I'm I really, I'm sick of going on sleeper and doing these mock drafts for these rookies and seeing him still going in the first Dude, I mean, he's
0: projected to go borderline like one ten, two one.
1: Right. Yeah, around like that first round. Yeah, I, I he just didn't run great. He hasn't lived up to his hype that he had in high school when he was coming into college. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you look at what he did at the combine, he didn't help himself up at all. Not at all. He he wasn't explosive. Like I said, he ran pretty slow. I think he ran like a four or five, damn near.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's not terrible, but I mean, when you're trying to get those prototypical wide receivers. I mean, it just wasn't one of those guys that you're like, oh, yeah, I, I want him.
0: You know, looking at this draft class, we talked about our top five, and those are guys that we're all going to be targeting. Right. Uh, but let's say you have, you know, a few picks in the third round or the fourth round. Maybe you accumulated some death during this draft process. Yeah. Who's a wide receiver that you think is going to fall maybe to the third or the fourth or the fifth round that could actually put up real NFL numbers yeah. and be, be, I guess, like somewhat of a sleeper this year?
1: Uh, so I mean I have a couple guys like that like we were saying at the beginning of the program. Uh, there's a lot of people that I think are just absolutely slept on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I guess there's two people that come to my or three people, but two people that I would like to talk about. If you have anyone else afterwards, please yeah, let me go know. for it. But I think Trey Palmer. I, I he's one of my dark horses. He's six- don't
0: don't know shit about Trey Palmer,
1: bro. This guy's honestly pretty fucking decent. I mean, he went to LSU. Uh, he was a five star, I think, recruit there or something like that. Just didn't pan out. He went to Nebraska for this year, I believe, and then he only put up 71 catches for 143 yards or 1,043 yards and nine yep. touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I'm watching this guy, it, maybe he doesn't fit uh, the size exactly, but he gives me like Gabe Davis vibes.
0: Really? That's your Gabe Davis comp. I thought it'd be someone like a maybe like a Cedric Tillman. He's taller, 6'3".
1: Maybe, but I just think that when I'm thinking about Cedric Tillman, I mean, I feel like Cedric Tillman could be, like, a 1. Yeah. I think that uh, Trey Palmer, I think that he could just be an extremely good complement to uh, an X out there. Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, like, he ran the fastest 40 for a wide receiver in this combine. He, I mean, he just... He seems like a really good wide receiver. It seems like he might be doing something out there. I think he's also like six one, mm-hmm. just about two hundred pounds. So I mean, he has some size against him as well. So you're, I like him a lot.
0: You're a big, uh, you're a big uh, Marvin Mims fan too, yeah, you?
1: yeah, dude. I really like Marvin Mims as well. I mean, there's some things that I don't love, mm-hmm. like when I'm watching his tape. It seems like he's always running fly routes or screens. Yeah, that's not great. And. When you're watching all the reports, when you're reading all these analyses...
0: Don't love seeing that.
1: You, you see that there's some drop issues that are known, and so that's not great either. Mm-hmm. But in this past year, he put up forty or uh, 54 catches, had 1,083 yards, and 6 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he he has so much separation when you're watching his film.
0: He has such a great... Do he ran a 4.38 in the combine, which right. is like one of the faster wide receiver times, at least, in terms of the 40-yard dash. He yeah. was a combine freak this year. He yeah, um, absolutely
1: was, man. I really, really liked uh, Marvin Mil- or Marvin Mims. I think that he's definitely going to be one of those guys that go probably, I think he's probably going to get drafted in, like, the third or fourth round in both the NFL draft and in our rookie drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, uh, one of my dark horses is Jonathan Mingo. Oh.
0: Ooh, that's the one yo that's the one ladies and gentlemen so
1: this guy he's from old miss so another one of those old miss prospects you know you can go down the list with those you know you got the dk metcast a.j brown that goes on but he looks fast on film man and he has uh you know some of the greatest catches that i think i've seen on film for a while mm-hmm. uh one of the things that you know people are knocking him for is his injury concerns he hasn't played a shit ton of games but I think that he has everything that could translate well to the NFL. Yeah. And when you're just looking at his body itself, the six one two twenty 20 frame with an old Miss jersey, I mean, it's hard to not, I, or it's hard not to think that that guy might be A.J. Brown.
0: So, check me out. Every week we come in here and we give you guys some sort of fantasy advice. We go ahead and we talk about players that have performed. We talk about the latest breaking news. Uh, we talk about players who could be sleepers. But when I look at Jonathan Mingo, he's someone that I'll admit Duco kind of put me on to. Uh, so in pre-production, we're looking at film. We're like watching shit. We're trying to get like a good analysis for you guys before we come on the mic. And Jonathan Mingo looks like A.J. Brown 2.0. I don't know how he's not getting more hype right now in the draft process because this film is amazing. This dude is bigger than most of the DBs. He's 6'2". 220 and ran a 4 fucking 4.
1: Yeah. He ran a
0: 4 440 at that height and weight.
1: Yeah, it's, that's some good size.
0: That is incredible. That's not normal. Like, I don't get like super excited, but that's not normal. And Jonathan Migo played in Ole Miss, which is in the SEC, meaning he's playing NFL DBs.
1: Yeah, this guy's putting up plays against the Alabamas, the Georgias. You know, the list can go on and on.
0: He I mean- may. Make- He makes fluid catches. He has elite size. He has elite speed. He is not getting as much hype as he deserves. And he could very easily, very fucking easily be one of the top five wide receivers from this draft class. And if you haven't watched a Jonathan Mingo highlight tape, if you haven't heard of Jonathan Mingo at any point in the college process, no matter what your devotion process is to college scouting and NCAA, you are missing out. This guy is spectacular. Yeah, dude,
1: honestly, like, if we didn't have, like, the expert analysis and stuff like that, and if everything was just, like, based off of your own opinion, like, I would have to put Jonathan Mingo in my top five, and he would probably be drafted in the first round.
0: Bro, if it's me, he's in my top three. I might have Jonathan Mingo in the same class that I have JSN and Jordan Addison in.
1: That's crazy.
0: That's how far I'm willing to go with it. This dude is incredible. If you have not watched tape, you need to go watch tape. Guys, it's it's He's worth it. it. I don't have He's enough excited. words for it. It's amazing. Tell me good. Uh, but those are some of the wide receivers that we've been paying attention to, that we obviously have personal investments uh, within. Uh, so thank you guys for tapping in with us. Uh, this is Fantasy Football with Gumbo. My name is John.
1: Hey, it's Google. Appreciate y'all tapping in with your head tops.
0: We will be here every week. We will be dropping uh, by Wednesday. The schedule's still a little bit fluid, uh, but make sure you guys go down below and hit follow, uh, like our show, and anytime that we drop, you will be one of the first to know uh, with notifications through whatever your streaming platform is.
1: If you guys have any questions for us, don't be afraid to hit us up on Twitter. You guys should already have the handle, but if you don't,
0: follow us at Gumbo. Or just like a fancy football with Gumbo. And we'll pop up in a bunch of places. Uh, but we love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. And uh, until then... Happy Fishing. <laughs>